2: So, to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get
1: 30, to get 20, 20, 20, I bet you get 20, 20, maybe get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month.
2: Sold! give it a try at slash switch. $45 up front for three
0: months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full turns at mintmobile.com.
3: Fiction. It's science fiction.
4: On KCB, 106.5 FM
2: Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside,
4: and 105.0 AM Palm Springs.
0: An author, and uh, uh, the book is really interesting. It's called The Most Hated Man in America.
2: And mm-hmm.
0: uh, the author is uh, Mark Pendergrast. Uh, thank you for being here.
3: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: So, now, first of all, Mark, uh, what brought you to write about Jerry Sandusky?
2: Yeah, the subtitle of the book
3: is Jerry Sandusky and the Rush to Judgments. I became interested in this case because, you know, I thought at first that he must be guilty because look how many people were, were saying he did all these terrible things to them. And he did take showers with young men. Uh, which I thought was really, you know, unusual, and why would somebody do that? But then someone called my attention to the fact that many of these cases involve repressed memory therapy, which I had written a book on. I have another book called Memory Warp, uh, which is about how you go to psychotherapy and people would get you to remember things that never happened. The whole idea was that you could... Uh, repress memories of terrible things that happened, and in fact, that uh, that's a myth that Freud began uh, a little over 100 years ago. Uh, the fact of the matter is, if you have terrible things happen to you, you remember them well. That's what post-traumatic stress disorder. Is. So uh, when I began to look into this case, I realized that. Many of the cases involved uh, repressed memory therapy, uh, including uh, victim number one, his name was Aaron Fisher, who uh, made some vague, vague allegations. He basically said that Sandusky had hugged him and cracked his back uh, after they practiced wrestling. And that was it. They both had their clothes on, and it was only after uh, his therapist worked on him for uh, quite a while that he came up with uh, allegations of oral sex and, and many other things. Now, I know that, you know, sometimes people are ashamed, particularly boys or young men, to say uh, that something happened to them. But in this case, the allegations kept changing over time and getting bigger and bigger, which is quite typical of, of the sort of repressed memory uh, therapy that I'm talking about. So that's what led me to look into the case. And then the more I looked into it, the more crazy uh, it got. The, uh, there was this huge media blitz where he was found guilty in the press, and by Barack Obama, for that matter, uh, before he was ever uh, tried. So I thought that the book was worth a good skeptical look, and the more I looked into it, the more skeptical I got. And it's a complicated case. Two of the original, quote, victims uh, didn't, one of them didn't exist at all. One of them was a, uh, a janitor who had supposedly uh, seen Sandusky doing terrible things to somebody and told another janitor um, and it was only the second janitor who testified because the first one <clears throat> in the meantime apparently had dementia i mean it turns out that they had uh tape recorded an interview with him before he had dementia <clears throat> in which he said no Sandusky wasn't he wasn't the guy I saw it was somebody else Uh-oh. um his the ineffective lawyer apparently either never listened to this tape or certainly never used it or introduced it into the courtroom. Um, another one, victim number two, was named Alan Myers, and both sides knew this, but they never had him testify because uh, at first he had given a statement a very strong statement saying yes i was the guy in that shower in uh, 2001 and uh sandusky never did anything to me we were slap boxing that was the slapping sounds that that uh, assistant coach mike naquiri overheard uh but in fact um it was just us you know goofing around in the shower And Sandusky never abused me. He was a very important mentor in my life, which most of the second mile kids, you know, this program that he began, uh, said when the police came to them. But the police weren't interested in in them. They said, "Well, if you remember something terrible, let us know," and they would direct them to uh, lawyers and therapists often. So. I do hope, I, I'm not going to convince anybody by t- talking to you just for uh, an hour on the phone, but uh, I do hope people will get hold of the book. It's on Amazon, The Most Hated Man in America, Jerry Sandusky and the Russia Judgment, and read the whole thing and, and make up your own mind.
0: Well, what about the assistant coach? Um, what about his uh, walking in on Sandusky? So <coughs> you're saying that that's not believable?
3: What happened was, his name was Mike McQuarrie, and the night that he uh, overheard sounds, that's all that happened, he heard slapping sounds, which he interpreted as being sexual. He did not see Sandusky in the shower. He went and talked to his father and his father's boss about this that night. And <clears throat> his boss, whose name is Jonathan Drainoff, uh, said, you know, but what did you see, Mike? What did you see? And he didn't see anything. He overheard sounds that he thought were sexual. So ten years later, and the longer you are past something, the more your memory is. Uh, uh, uncertain about things and the more you tend to reinterpret the past and you know the alarming thing about memory is all of our memories are subject to change and influence over time if you've ever talked to your siblings about you know a childhood memory uh, some of them are different than yours and some of them think that it happened to them and not to you that sort of thing so in this case The police came to him and said, we know Sandusky is uh, this evil monster, and we heard that you saw something in the shower. So now, uh, McQuarrie changes his memory and says, oh yes, I saw him standing behind him with his hips moving, which is not what he said at the time. Uh, So... Again, you don't need to have repressed memory therapy to change your memory. You simply need to be influenced. Uh, and he had, you know, a scenario in his head that something bad must have happened, and then ten years later, uh, it became worse in his mind. So that's what happened.
2: And as I said,
3: we know who the kid was. His name was Alan Myers. And he gave this very strong statement, but then, you know, two weeks later, he got, uh, a lawyer who, uh, named uh, named Shubin, Andrew Shubin, who uh, turned out to make a lot of money from many of the uh, alleged Sandusky victims, and Shubin basically hid Myers from the uh, uh, police for some time because he couldn't get him to actually say anything strong in the case. Um, <clears throat> And when he, fl- but he supposedly said that Sandusky was uh, had really abused him. Uh, so neither side called him in the trial; they just called him victim number two. Uh, the defense was afraid to call him because he had flipped, and the prosecution was afraid to call him because he had made these very strong statements already. But I, Ooh, that, oh, go that Sandusky was totally innocent. So it's it's very you know it's a very unclear, and that's, the, the linchpin of this whole case is Mike McQuery and that's what everybody knows about this, this shower incident, that he supposedly walked in and saw this, and that's not what he saw.
1: Well, b- backing up just a little bit, you, you've covered a lot of ground that, that I think is very, very important that we kind of analyze. We're talking about repressed memory therapy, but w- This case, uh, along with several others throughout the 90s and the 80s, were there not some issues with them actually creating memories? Not so much that these memories were repressed, but they were actually, you know, using therapeutic methods, were actually creating memories that never actually occurred.
3: Yes, that's my whole point, is that that's that's precisely what was going on. Now, the therapists who did this weren't intentionally uh, creating false memories. They truly believed that they were helping people to recall terrible things that were so awful that they had banished them from consciousness, a theory that almost everyone still believes in the United States, even though there is no scientific basis to it. And it's not how memory works. But, yeah, you you tell somebody, uh, oh, you are... Uh, depressed or you have bad relationships or you have an eating disorder and those are symptoms that you were sexually abused therefore uh, you must have been and we can help you to recall it Uh, and you know most people don't think that this would happen to them but if you didn't know ahead of time that this was pseudoscience um, then it's quite likely that you would say to yourself well I don't think that's true, but if it were, uh, how would I remember? Mm -hmm. And they can either hypnotize you or uh, tell you that you would dream about it, in which case you indeed would dream about it, uh, because you dream about something that you're worried about and obsessed with. So it became sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy over time. and there are many indications that uh, that's what happened in, in the Sandusky cases. And if the <clears throat> defense attorney had known uh, what was going on, they, they would have been able to, to figure this out from what many of the people uh, said during the trial. Sure. Uh, could say, you know, things are, more things are coming back to me now that I hadn't remembered
1: before, uh, et cetera. Yeah, because, I mean, now, at the base of all repressed or created memory, there is some some basis to it. Um, for example, you, you mentioned that one of them claimed that, okay, Sandusky mm-hmm. hugged me and popped my back which, you know, if you've been in a locker room or you've played any type of sports, it's absolutely nothing unusual about that at all. But it's almost as if these these therapists used that as the basis and then began to build on it. And, And I understand what you said, that not everybody intends to, But let's be intellectually honest here. Sometimes a therapist does have an opinion and begins to take these therapeutic sessions in that direction, even if at a subconscious level.
3: That's true. So, for instance, um, Dustin Struble was, quote, victim number four, and he uh, said... As far as being able to go back and confront my memories from the past, group therapy sessions has, has helped me. Uh, and it is also a very good way to uh, influence people. With Other people who are telling stories. They must be true, and, and, and you must have them also. So he was the only one I was able to interview, and he told me, actually, both of my therapists have suggested that I have repressed memories. And that's why we have been working on looking on my life for triggers. My therapist has suggested that I may still have more repressed memories that have yet to be revealed, and this could be a big cause of the depression that I still carry today. Mm-hmm. We're still working on that. so and and during the trial, he had said that doorway that I had closed has since been reopening more. More things have been coming back, and things have changed since that grand jury testimony this is why he ch- he's explaining, why he's now saying that terrible things happened that he hadn't said before. Through counseling and different things, I can remember a lot more detail that I, quote, pushed aside. So this was very clear, uh, clearly talking about repressed memories, but the lawyer, Joe Amendola, had absolutely no clue about this, so didn't, didn't jump on it at all. Uh, they should have made this a big issue
4: during the court case, but they did not. Mark, may I ask the a other question? thing? Is that, uh, sure, go ahead. Just, um, just thinking. Um, I obviously, I, I, I'm not as familiar with um, the history of, the, of uh, criminality in the United States. Being being British and probably more in tune with, with um, English criminality, but. In these children, the, the the victims. What age were they roughly when they were when they were allegedly abused? And then, how much therapy had each of them had before the court hearing?
3: Well, we don't know, because uh, I wasn't able to interview most of them. Okay. So I do know that several of them were in therapy. Uh, Mike Gillum was the the therapist for victim number one, Erin Fisher. He was also the therapist for uh, Brett Houts, who was sort of the the star victim, uh, the one who made most of the allegations, uh, the worst allegations. Um, Some of them, you know, uh, there were two of them who came after the uh, allegations became wildly public, and they put out a hotline. And most of the cases that have come since then, I don't think, needed repressed memories um, because it became very clear that Penn State was going to dispense millions of dollars to basically anyone without any vetting whatsoever. And that's what happened. So now there are something like 35 different, uh, quote, victims who came forward. And I don't think that you needed repressed memory therapy for those. Many of them are, are... you know, so unlikely as, as to be completely preposterous that you know, uh, you know, Sandusky must have run around uh, uh, doing this constantly. He wouldn't have had time to to uh, coach or to see his family or, or do anything else um, uh, if you believe all of these stories.
4: isn't that the way that ther- the way the therapy works? And I don't know of any therapy that doesn't work in the way where. There's a there's a period of time where there's relationship building, and then it's very much led by the client as opposed to being led by the therapist. So when we're talking about maybe memories, kind of being um, conjured for a wonderful, better phrase um, or made up, etc., is that is that likely that that would have happened to all of them, with therapists that would would inadvertently plant information?
3: Well, it depends on what sort of therapist you are. Uh, Yes, in good therapy, you simply listen to your client. Um, And also, if they they say, uh, well, you, uh, you must have had something terrible happen to you that you don't remember, and I can help you to remember it, that's bad therapy. But there are many therapists who continue to do that.
2: Who believe
3: in this theory of repression. And the it seems fairly clear that the lawyers involved were directing people to that type of, of therapist. Or the police believed in it. As I said, the police <clears throat> would tell people, you haven't told us anything bad that he did, so sometimes at 3 in the morning you might remember something. So give us a call. If you can recall anything uh, uh, dreadful that happened. Um, By the way, uh, one of the Sandusky children, one out out of uh, uh, the six adopted children, did accuse him uh, in the middle of the trial after listening to somebody else. He went to therapy and uh, he accused his father. Uh, And he he said this to Oprah. on, on her, you know, and he said it to the police that he had just begun to recall things and that, uh, let me see if I can find a quote for you. Dude, 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 dude. Um, Matt made it clear to Winfrey that he had not recalled sexual abuse until he was in repressive memory therapy, but that this apparently did not make her skeptical. So based upon what you're telling me, you actually repressed a lot of it and Matt said oh yes absolutely the physical part is the part you know you can erase um... and so it becomes very clear that he didn't actually recall this until he was uh, in therapy he talked about you know his inner child therapy etc etc so there are all kinds of telltale indications that that's what was going on
4: but there are also examples where that very much that there is repressed um, memories, and over many years, things come to the fore. Something triggers a, a, an emotional response or a memory, or as you say, you are plagued with eating disorders or other um, disorders that would indicate, and um, they are symptomatic of abuse. So, how can we be completely Well, Julie,
3: let me let me uh, let me uh, take issue with that. <clears throat> I investigated this for many years and the theory of massive repression the idea that terrible things could happen to you for years and that you would completely forget it doesn't stand up I couldn't find one case that 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 did stand up uh, to that and if you think about it as far as evolution is concerned uh, it doesn't make any sense what we tend to remember best are the worst things that happen to us so that we can avoid them, or the best things that happen to us so that we can seek yeah. them out again. That don't was forget a them. Lot of uh, what I did find, I did find a few cases where people had forgotten a limited incidence, like a single incident, and but it wasn't usually something like rape. It was uh, fondling or somebody exposing themselves. And somebody, you know, it was confusing, but it wasn't necessarily you know, traumatic. And that's the kind of thing that you could be reminded of later and think, oh, my God, I'd forgotten all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens, but the, the notion that something really dreadful would happen repeatedly to you and that you would completely forget it, uh, I do not think is the case.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Is it the case also, Mark, that when people go through um, trauma, other detail um, they may forget other detail about events around them as well
3: that's true it's like uh... if somebody is uh, threatening you with a gun mm-hmm. uh... there's you know you famously might focus on the gun and not pay attention to, to uh... the face of the person who is threatening you so uh, sometimes you become hyper vigilant to things but that you know Let's say that you, your mentor, uh, Jerry Sandusky, is doing horrible things to you. You're going to know that he's doing horrible things to you, especially if he does it repeatedly. You're, you're not going to forget that. The other reason I think he's innocent is that I you know, got to know him fairly well you know, through um, meeting him a couple of times in prison uh, and having a lengthy uh, correspondence with him. Uh, and, you know, he, and I read his book. He wrote a book called Touched. If you, if you were a a serial pedophile trying to hide that fact, do you think you would name your autobiography Touched? (laughs) 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 Or, Or write about how you would go, you know, uh, how, how you were the great pretender, uh, which he, he meant that he, uh, was in a singing group called The Great Pretenders, um, or that he liked to uh, engage in fantasy play when he was a kid. Um, but there's so many things about this case that simply uh, don't make any sense, um, including the the way that you know the trial was conducted.
1: Now I, I I know we were all just, just giggling in, in jest. You know, he wrote a book named you know, Touched. But we also have to remember that O. J. wrote a book saying, you know, I didn't do it, but if I had of, I would have done it like this. You know, I mean <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of an unfair comparison. But but something that you glanced over and and I I, I think it's worth revisiting. Um, Because you're bringing up a lot of really valid points. But I I need to ask you this.
4: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey.
0: Upfront payment of 45 dollars equivalent to 15 dollars per month unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month face lower speeds videos at 480p active mint customers by 531 24 get six months of paramount plus essential plan auto renews after six months offer ends may 31st 2024 separate paramount plus registration required terms and conditions apply if rated pg millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds
3: salads generally for most people are the
1: easy button right For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Um, It's come to light here recently that there were eight gentlemen who testified, were there were there any variations in the testimony, or were they trying to create a modus operandi for Sandusky? You know, like, okay, here's eight witnesses, and they all pretty much say the same thing, and if they did all say the same thing, was it the same therapist that was treating all of them?
3: Well, as I say, I don't know uh, who was treating most of them. I, I only know a few of them. Um, But, you know, some of the stories were similar. Um, The police had this theory that he would, quote, groom people. You know, so, for instance, one of the, the, quote, victims was a kid that he took a shower with in 1998, uh, and uh, his name was Zachary Constance. And his mother was alarmed that Sandusky had taken a shower with him, so she... uh, turned it into the police and so they interviewed the kid the very next day and he said no he didn't do anything to me he uh he hugged me but there was nothing sexual no he didn't have an erection uh no nothing happened and later he he was in therapy and he couldn't ever remember anything, but he indicated that maybe he thought he had blacked out or something. Now, Sandusky was found guilty of abusing him, even though he never claimed any abuse, because he was supposed to have been, quote, grooming him. Now, some of the other stories, he was supposed to have, you know, crept up on this and done things a bit at a time. Then a few others, he was supposed to have you know, immediately, the very first time he he ever did anything with them, uh, he touched them or made them touch him, uh, and so that doesn't fit. And, and then the two that that came along later, uh, after the allegations had become public, you know, they were they weren't groomed at all. He just did terrible things to them immediately. Um, one of them said that he was locked in his basement and he didn't feed him and he screamed for help and nobody came,
1: uh, so uh, no, they don't all do the same thing. Now, now when, when did that happen? I mean, I, I remember this story, and, and I remember, you know, this is a sports coach and, you know, these, these young men are making these allegations and you know th- this is terrible. This is horrible. You know, I don't want this to happen to my child and and, and that's about the limit of my knowledge. But from what you're describing, I, I can kind of see it, but at the same time, I'm not seeing enough evidence as a law enforcement officer to really go after this guy. Now when you say, let's, let, let's, let's visit some of this. You say that this young man claimed, okay, the coach showered with me, or did he shower with the team? Two two different things. One's there's unusual.
3: There's, there's no, it, it, it was unusual. Sandusky grew up in a recreation center that his parents ran. They lived on the second floor of it. They didn't have their own shower. So he grew up taking showers with other kids and with other men, and it was sort of a 1950s mentality that he never got out of. So he did things that were completely idiotic. There's no question about that. He took showers alone with boys, uh, and he set himself up for for this by doing so. And I think many, many people hear that and think he's guilty. Period. Just because you know he took showers with boys. Um, but in point of fact, it was sort of just the way he grew up, and he was kind of like a. a many people told me that he was like a big kid, uh, mm. and I think I think that he was. I mean, I you. I sent you a copy of, of the book as a PDF, but I, I don't think you've had time to read it, have you?
1: No, sir. Uh, I'm quite honestly, I, I okay. have not. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's okay. I, I hope you will, because I think that um, it, it will be a lot more convincing to you uh, if you do that. I also had a whole section on, um, you know, each uh, of the, uh, the accusers and of what Sandusky himself was like, what many people said about him, um, his... Uh, you know, sort of autobiography, how he started the Second Mile program to try to help troubled kids, and how this whole thing has, you know, destroyed it. Uh, so, let me see if I can find something to read to you. Um, Buddy Tesner was a Penn State linebacker. Jerry and I really hit it off. He was a happy-go-lucky goofball, a touchy-feely guy, and I was like that too. No, he didn't seem to be overly interested in boys. He was a man's man, a great football player in his time. And he worked with high-level athletes to develop them. You know, one of the reasons that people uh, jumped on this case is that, and especially now with the the Me Too movement, it's even more so, is that, you know, we sort of love to see the high and mighty fall, uh, the worst. The, the higher they were especially if they were a sports figure the more we we kind of immediately uh, assumed that they were guilty and I think that's what happened in this case
4: I I know I it's think, been
3: amazing um, to me that this that I'm sorry go ahead
4: I can't wait to read the book and um, I'm based in, in, in the UK mark and I can't wait to read it because and there aren't many books that when we, we talk to people that I absolutely need to go and read. But I've, I've worked in child protection in the UK for 20 years. And I've have, have worked with children who have been abused and worked with identifying abusers and then working with the families. And you know, listening to to what is only a very, very sm- small snippet that you're able to give in, in a very small interview time and um, screams kind of almost kind of alarm bells for me thinking all of these things, you're absolutely in what you're saying, because all of these little things in their isolation would lead people to a view of this man is guilty. So I, I cannot wait to be able to read your account and really go into that detail of exactly what it is that you've, you've been able to unpick through working closely with him or being in that communication with him. Uh, but one of the questions that came from from that for me was, your passion in this clearly comes through, and it's, it's you know very informative. It's fantastic. But how did you prevent yourself from the possibility if this man potentially was a, a groomer? He was somebody that could. He, it, let's just say, for example, he he had committed these crimes, and that he has been convicted of, and he has put little things in the way to try and, um, I don't know, maybe try and uh, get people off his tracks or the naming of of books, etc. So how how did you not get pulled into that story? What what safeguards did you put in place to make sure that you could be completely objective and not groomed by somebody?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, you never know for sure about anything unless you were there. Yeah. It's just that there there were so many indications that there were problems with the story. One of the you know I interviewed uh, a specialist in, in in pedophiles named Dr. Fred Berlin, and he uh, told me that in his experience it was extremely unusual for a serial child molester to maintain his innocence. That mm-hmm. almost all of them would admit that they did something, that they would rationalize it, they would say, oh, I was really, it was love, uh, it wasn't really abuse, uh, etc. He said in his experience, only one, uh, only one person had maintained his innocence and was later proven to be innocent, as a matter of fact. So Sandusky refused to take a plea bargain. He said he was innocent and has said he was innocent uh, this entire time. And so that was one of the things that that convinced me. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of... It's
4: been a while since
3: I wrote the book, so I'm having to revisit my
4: own book. i worked with a gentleman some years ago now, um, probably maybe ten years ago. I worked with a gentleman who, was, um, who had... There had been various sexual images found on his computer. He had two very young children. And I interviewed him as part of the Child Protection Initial Investigation. I interviewed him at the point right. of court corporate processes to remove children from the care of his wife because we didn't know if she was involved or not and he him in prison and he still maintains that he bought a PC and these images just happened to be on it and there is absolute evidence that that could not have happened but he still maintains his complete innocence that he's not any risk at all to children and and, uh-huh. and, so, and I thought is lots it possible
3: that it is it possible that he didn't put those images on his computer? Or are you actually sure that he put them on?
4: No, forensically, he has accessed those huh. images multiple times since that has been in his possession, and he gave. I
3: see. So he was simply
4: bought it and everything. He was just yeah.
3: lying. Then, yeah. yeah
4: you absolutely. raise
3: an important and interesting point. By the way, they most most pedophiles do have images on their computer. They have yeah. child pornography. Sandusky had no pornography, period, nothing, uh, ever, on his computer, in his home, uh, or anywhere else. Uh, He also, by the way, had very low testosterone. That's why he and his wife had to adopt uh, all six of their children. Okay. Uh, So it's rather unusual uh, because, you know, If you have low testosterone, you have a a relatively low sex drive, presumably. Uh, Although his wife told me, and he told me, that they had, you know, regular sex, uh, a a satisfying sex life. Maybe his wife is lying, maybe he's lying.
2: I got Got to know her
3: fairly well, too, Dottie Sandusky. And, you know, the irony of this is that these are, you know, sort of prudish, uh, uh, Christian, conservative, Uh, type people. Um, They don't drink. Um, I mean, I interviewed all of the children also, Um, and aside from Matt who had his repressed memories, they all told me the same thing. But no, you know, I assumed that if he were a pedophile and five of them were boys and there was one girl, and they weren't, you know, related to him by blood, that surely he would have come on to uh, one of them. But he didn't. Um, But this case was so toxic
0: that none of them
3: wanted to go on the record and tell me under their own names that that was the case. Um, Let me me read you something. Uh, A few months after the trial, A a state college resident who insists on remaining anonymous wrote this, The venom that the nation had for Jerry Sandusky was at incredible levels, but the interesting thing was that nobody really knew the facts surrounding the case. And what was strange was that nobody wanted to know the facts of the case. I quickly learned that this was not something you discuss in public, ever, under any circumstances. I remember being out with my girlfriend at a dinner last year with her friends. I stupidly brought up the Sandusky case, and I remember the waitress turned around while waiting on another table and said he should rot in hell. My girlfriend's friends then went on to get angry at me because I had the audacity to suggest there might be something amiss here. I was basically no better than a child molester for the rest of the night. That was the last time I brought it up in public and why I would never want my name used in any type of public forum where it came to this. It's fruitless, completely fruitless. The public's mind is made up. And I think that that is still true, uh, despite the fact that this book is quite well-documented and well-researched, and I'm a well-known science writer. uh, I have received very little attention for this book, there have been very few reviews. The sports uh, journalists have not covered it at all—zero. Mm-hmm. Despite my, you know, approaching many, many of them uh, and saying, "Look, would you just take a look at this?" So it's it's very frustrating. Um, and one of the things I pointed out is that when people make mistakes, they don't like to admit them. Once you once you've drawn a conclusion, it's very very difficult to say, oh, gee, I I, I did something wrong. And uh, in this case, I think it's very unlikely that any Pennsylvania judge is going to say we made a mistake. Once it gets to the federal level, I have some hopes that uh, it, you know they will take a more objective look at, at the entire case. We'll see.
1: Yeah, but- Mark, you you can kind of understand the hesitancy though, because this is a crime that you know socially we see as so abhorrent that you know nobody really wants to, you know, we, we don't want to get any of that on us if if that makes sense. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, uh, I I totally understand it. I well, get it. Well, what we and know. it took you know a fair amount of courage for me to write the book. Uh, Absolutely.
0: Well, I think that uh, you said there's no pornography on his computers, but the postal inspectors are saying there is.
3: Uh Uh-oh. They are? According to
0: CBS News and Associated Press, U.S. postal inspectors are leading a federal investigation into whether former Penn State assistant football coach Jerry Sandusky shared pornography with other individuals. Said that they have uh, at least one of his computers had pornography, but they didn't guarantee that it was it was of any of his victims, but it was of chi- children in sexual um, situations. So really? I'm just, what's the date of that? Um, that? that's a CBS report from 2015, I believe. Yeah, and that was
4: that's, that's very
3: surprising to me because. Um, you know in all of my research on it i certainly well did not I, find I i do a lot
0: of, of writing myself on true crimes and i just know there's there's a lot of different angles to things um you can't always, right. you can't always uh you know as soon as you start to come up with an assumption you know a, a conclusion you're no longer investigating and um right i i, I couldn't, well, couldn't you know and then I, what i also say what about the actual eight victims that testified under oath that he molested them and had sexual encounters with them over the years um how can we what just, i'm saying
3: is that they had they changed their stories
0: not all of them uh not all eight only one of them only one so how about the all, other seven uh you know i'm just all, saying i'm just no, 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 all. on their side uh, yeah i
3: understand that but I, what i'm saying is there wasn't just one who changed the story they all...
0: Yeah, but we're talking uh, about boys that almost, are 10 to 12. There's only... No,
3: they were in their early 20s. <laughs> the These t- were not boys who testified. No, were they weren't men. boys
0: by the time they testified, so, but they're saying that it happened when he, they were, right. te- you know, 10 and 12 and stuff like that. And... Um, right. Yeah, it may not be as consistent as we like, and it may change, and it may change for different reasons. There's points of embarrassment. There's points of, of they're living their life now with a wife or kids and they're in a job and um, they have to be careful about how and what they say and what comes out because it affects their lives as well. Um,
3: right. Well, that's, that's the theory that, that, that that's what happened and that they uh, really had been abused. And that, so when they were first asked, they said, no, he never did anything to me. He was a, a mentor to me and a good guy. And then they would gradually change and add more and more and more and so finally you know he was uh having oral sex with them uh regularly and attempting sodomy etc so you can argue exactly what you are arguing uh, or
2: you can say I, I really see
0: my side of it. i really see nothing substantial to s- to, to think that he didn't do it and and his religion and his in his um, saying he's a Christian being prudish and not drinking and even having a good sex life with his wife absolutely means nothing because that tends to be the people we find in the airport bathrooms tapping their toes trying to pick up Ben that's they, you know and that's you know that's the fear that's a mere fact that's just the way it is there's no way. That it means anything. I mean, you have to take the the direct evidence more than just an overview of, well, I I think I feel like he wouldn't because, well, he's a good Christian prudish man that doesn't drink. Uh, I don't. That's just my side. I just don't see any any anything substantial. No, no evidence. Just feelings, and that that doesn't cut it. Um, Well, there's.
3: Right, right. There is, you know, you can't prove a negative. So you can't prove that there's no repressed memories, and you can't prove that somebody is innocent. So it's entirely, you know, possible that he he is guilty. I don't think so for all the reasons that that I've enumerated here, although the fact that you you say that they found some pornography on his computer is certainly surprising to me, and I, I did not know that until this point.
0: Uh, even if there um, wasn't, even if there but, wasn't, I would say that's still not evidence that he's not a, um, having sex with with people. Uh, it just doesn't it doesn't prove anything one way or the other.
1: No. So,
3: but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, they interviewed some six hundred of these second-mile kids, almost all of them said, he was a good guy, he helped me, he helped me to uh, get scholarships, etc. And I know you're going to say, well, he could help people and still be guilty of sin. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's true. But they only found for like three years, they had this one kid, Aaron Fisher, who wrote a book with his therapist called Silent No More. And if you read it, it's abundantly clear that his therapist influenced him highly by saying, I didn't even need them to tell me something. I would guess what had happened to them and I would tell them. And all they had to do was nod yes or no, which is actually terrible interviewing and terrible therapy. Um, And if you look at the pattern of the way that all of these allegations came up, with the exception of one kid, Michael Kajak, who uh, did say the very first time that he encountered Sandusky, he did something to him. Uh, but that doesn't fit the pattern of grooming either. And he had known all these other kids who were going to therapy before that. so. You know, all I can do is, is hope that you will actually, you know, read the whole book and hang me out again after that, because the points you're making are, are certainly well taken, but I think mine are as well.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. I just, I just uh, don't see things as one sided. That's all. I um, I like yeah. to look at all of the evidence and all of the situation as a whole not just particular little spots or particular little things that we can't explain uh, and uh, we have to bring in all the evidence and and uh, review it as a whole and uh, that, that's how I see it so that's how I do it but it's not
3: well I, I, I agree with you that you should do that but for instance you know the president of the college and the two assistants and Joe Paterno have all been smeared, and Paterno died, but the other administrators uh, were found guilty of uh, knowing about this horrible abuse and not doing anything about it. But that's all based on this McQuarrie incident, which, as I've explained quite clearly, did not happen the way they're talking about. Um, so. Among many other things, this is, has spun off so many different lawsuits and caused such a huge commotion without uh, sufficient evidence. Uh, so, anyway.
0: Well, it's been no, it's Listen, been I'm being uh, summoned. Yes, it's been interesting, and, and uh, we've really enjoyed it, actually. And um, we're going to have the book linked on our website, and... Uh, uh, everybody uh, pick it up chat thank it you up. And, what,
3: and also have have, have the book uh, Memory Warp link on there too if you would
0: for sure yes and I'll find get, that
3: on, on, uh, on Amazon as well
0: yeah and uh, I think it's a very important conversation um, again thank you um, and we will have you on when we get through the book and we have a meeting and talk about it and then we'll uh, have you on again <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely great
1: thank well, you so much for having me thank you thank you Mark